Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Healthy Harrison podcast, a weekly program designed to help you change your state, to live better, to live healthier, to live happier. We're live from Harrison County. I'm Gary Bowden. Our co-host each week is Amy Haberbosch-Wilson. Amy is the executive director of the Harrison County Economic Development Corporation, and she's also the vice president of Healthy Harrison. Amy, for all of those that have transitioned to working out outdoors, uh, we've had to get our cold weather gear back out. I don't know about you, but I have. We sure did. Yeah, and it's up and down for a while. So and it looks like it. Yeah, it looks like we'll have the cold weather gear uh, back out for another week or so. Either that, or we transition back indoors when we're working out. So it's May in West Virginia. That sure, surely is. We're streaming our program live on the Healthy Harrison Facebook page, uh, as well as the statewide distribution network of WVNews.com, our media partner. Every week at this time, we chat with individuals who are focused on the mission, our mission of Healthy Harrison, fostering measurable improvement to the health and well-being of the citizens of North Central West Virginia, and in particular, uh, Harrison County, of course. Our guest today is Dr. Kelly Nelson. He's a family practice uh, physician in Bridgeport, West Virginia. Uh, he is the founder and president of uh, Medbrook Children's Charity. He's also a Healthy Harrison board member and chair of the Workplace Wellness Program. Uh, he's an Alabama native. He did his undergraduate studies in at, at Auburn, uh, gaining a BS in biology and uh, studied and got his uh, doctor medical school training at uh, the University of Alabama. And a lot of folks around Harrison County certainly know Dr. Kelly Nelson. Kelly, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And I, I, I skipped a lot of the uh, intro, uh, particularly after uh, John Paul told me that uh, we needed to limit uh, the length of our show today. I with with all the background information he gave on you, Kelly, that would have taken up the 30 minutes that we've got. So sometimes, I, sometimes you have to fill air, you know. I, I know you're very active in the community. Let's jump right in. I mentioned you're, uh, you are and have been for some time a family practice physician. Uh, you see the health problems in our community, uh, young, old, in between, up close and personal. Does the health of our community trouble you? Uh, it does, in fact, and there, there's a pretty, pretty almost one-to-one -one correlation between economic status and health status, and unfortunately, West Virginia lags in both of those. I certainly moved from a state that was poor, that was underserved, and I moved to another state that was very poor and underserved and, and, and unhealthy. And it's, you know, it's a crying shame. It really is. Do you, in addition to your clinical work with which you do day to day are you able to to mix that in some fashion by also attempting to be a health coach oh you know i, I try to be my own personal health coach and we, we yeah. all have <laughs> personal struggles uh you know i spend a good bit of my time mentoring younger residents coming up and uh i also We've made a generational transition to charity. I've also got a lot of younger board members, and we spend a good bit of time with them, mentoring them. Not so much those folks in health, but in life and and, and how to give back and how to do the right thing by the community. 
Yeah, I know in dealing with patients, though, it's, it's, a, it's a tough sell trying to, if it's obvious that they need help, uh, guidance, uh, is it still a tough sell? Oh, yeah, it's a tough sell because it's not immediate results. Americans like immediate right. results. And longitudinal health and chronic health problems don't lend themselves to immediate results. If you have hypertension, it's difficult to have an immediate impact. Most people have no symptoms of their hypertension. If you're obese, it's difficult to see immediate weight loss. If you're diabetic, it takes time to move that needle with your your sugar and your hemoglobin A1C. So as Americans, we're sort of tuned into these instantaneous instant gratification. Right. So those longitudinal long-term goals, they're tough. And it, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of handholding. It takes a lot of ass kicking sometimes in the combination of to get people to do what's uh, do what's the right thing long-term. Right. Healthy Harrison's had the, um, our laser pointed and our focus on obesity epidemic in West Virginia. What are some of the first steps that you'd encourage someone to take who's significantly overweight? First part of the cure is be cured. You got to understand that obesity is going to affect you in ways you can't even imagine, psychologically, physically, economically, all sorts of ways. So I, I think the pitch has got to be, you got to get the person involved. You got to get them to understand how serious that situation is how many aspects of their life it touches and it touches in a negative way and that it's a it's a marathon it's not a sprint it's, it's a, again that longitudinal long-term sell and it's hard uh, it's easy to go for high caloric easy to grab food it's difficult to choose healthy food it takes it takes time to cook it it takes time to prepare it it can be expensive it, it's it's a tough sell yeah, totally agree. Um, I know that you're well, you're aware that um, Healthy Harrison does the baby steps. Uh, we really advocate establishing bite-sized goals. Do you agree that that's the best? I know you said it's a marathon, so it kind of goes along. Sustain a commitment to make this change by doing that? 100%. You're going you're gonna to turn a ship bit by bit. This isn't a rowboat. You're looking to turn a life around. It's going to take, it's going to take a long time to stay in the course. And the way to get people to succeed is small goals. And as we obtain small goals and obtain and take on those small challenges, those can stack on each other and make for long-term big time changes. So yeah, I think small steps and small changes, small changes in habits, parking farther away from the building, walking up two flights of stairs instead of taking the elevator. Those sort of small steps can make big impacts long-term. I love the idea of uh, encouraging people to park a little further from the building or the mall or yeah, whatever it is, because it does promote uh, a, a small baby step toward a healthier lifestyle. The other reason I like to do it is it it, it spares all those dents you get in your car when you try to pack in to the door closest to the front of the, the building. So there's an ulterior motive. Yeah. Let me let me throw in a commercial real quick uh, because we have some great sponsors for this podcast and we want people to know that uh, the program is brought to you by WVU Medicine United Hospital Center, uh, West Virginia University, the State Journal, wvnews.com, 
and interaction media. They're, they are all partners of what we do, not just this podcast, they're uh, partners in all that we do here in healthy, uh, in, here in Harrison County uh, as a healthy Harrison organization. Uh, Kelly, so many people commit, they'll commit to a, per, let's call it a personal health revolution, but trying to do it on their own, they fail. Uh, a lot of them fail in, in short order. It might only take, you know, a couple of yeah. weeks or a, yeah. a month. Are the odds of succeeding uh, better with a mentor, a coach, 100%. a workout diet partner? Yeah. 100%. We've seen that acutely during the COVID pandemic with people locked down. People need people. People need social interactions. People need coaches. People need someone to lean on, a hand to hold, a hug. Doing things one-on-one -on -one is very difficult, and it's a recipe to, to fail. The other mistake you see a lot with people is January 1st, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to start exercising. A million times I've had to give the lecture to people. You can only fight so many fights on so many fronts at once. When you go to war, you don't take on six different countries at once. <laughs> take your laser focus on an issue. You take on that issue, attack that issue. And as you take that issue on, then layer on some other issues. You can't, you can't tear Rome down and rebuild Rome in a day. It takes time. Healthy Harrison has generated some significant positive results uh, in earlier workplace wellness programs, something that's near and dear to you because you've yeah. been very active uh, in that role. Uh, do you think that the neighborhood campaigns that we have underway now in Nutter Fort, in Bridgeport, in uh, Shinston, in downtown Clarksburg, can they achieve similar results or is it a tougher environment to, to work that way? I, I think they can very much achieve similar and probably even greater results because I've seen the uh, enthusiasm, I've seen the leadership in those programs and I've seen the buy-in that those people have and the infectious spirit and nature they have. Uh, I expect all those programs have a great, great chance for success. And they're all based on small steps, small changes, stacking those on top of each other, looking for that long-term goal. So I, I feel really, really good about the, the odds of them working. Kelly, whether it's the workplace wellness or done through neighbors at the street level, as I've described it before, uh, explain some of the specifics that we measure, that we look for, to show that people are making progress. Yeah. So particularly in the workplace, we did some biometric screening. We started out with some uh, blood work before they started the program to find out where their sugar was, find out where their cholesterol was, find out where their blood pressure was, find out where their weight was. We then instituted the program of a number of small steps. And we not only did physical, we also did spiritual, and I think that was a big part of the program, that we were taking on the entire and working with the entire psyche of the person, you know, body, mind, spirit, all, and starting in community. Because as we all know, we have our work family, we have our work community. So everybody being involved in that was a key. They were all keys to the success of that program.
Um, Kelly, the opioid crisis has really had the fingers pointed in part to the medical community and pharmaceutical companies. Do you see that there's any parallel in the obesity crisis? I think a lot of that all revolves around a lack of education and, socio and poor socioeconomics. So I think at some point those all, those all tie in. Um, you know, the opioid crisis in Appalachia is, is terrible, and that's being fought in the federal courtroom in Charleston today as, as to whose fault it was. And however we got there and whatever happened, in the past what we need to do is focus on doing better in the future and i think we've taken some big steps in the medical community and i think in the community in general to round that corner and and, and take that beast on totally agree um the food manufacturers you talked about the healthy choices limited choices we have do you feel that the the food manufacturers and the retail food companies should be doing more to help i think that they should um is just as far as choices that people have and even the price of some things. Yeah, it's, it, you know, I don't want to get too far into politics, but yeah, I, <laughs> it, it, I, I agree. It gets a little delicate. It, it is. <laughs> but, but really, I, I mean, I mean it's, it's not the first time this has been addressed. I've heard it on national news before that, uh, you know, these folks could find ways to help. Uh, communities can find ways to uh, uh, to try to build or bring in stores that into areas that are described as food deserts and in places where there's not a lot of food opportunity. Perhaps a retailer could be doing more to try to bring in fresh fruit. So yeah. again, like we we pick at the pharmaceutical companies. Uh, you know, are, are, are the manufacturers and the retailers, uh, you know, uh, could they help more? Yeah, clearly, I think they have a dog in that fight. The, the method I favor is the community taking care of the community. And I think yeah. the community gardens that you've seen pop up even locally, I think those are great steps that gets the community involved in not only improving its, itself, neighbors getting to know neighbors, that social aspect again, but also with healthier food, food choices. So I'm I, I'm a huge advocate of, of the community taking care of the community. I don't, I don't want big government running my life. I want me and my community taking care of ourselves. Let's talk about the um, nutrition habits at a younger age, as far as getting into the schools, how important it is for the, the medical facilities to work with the, the schools, the education, the, the food choices that they have, the choices that they're making when they're not at school. It, it, it's absolutely huge. And I think, cafeteria food from the time I was in grade school and grammar school till now is daylight and dark different in terms of, of healthier. Uh, ours was a lot of fatty food, delicious food, but not very healthy food. I think another very key aspect, particularly with this generation coming up, that it's all about screen time and all about video games is getting outside, getting active, limiting that screen time and getting people outdoors in the fresh air kids need to take sticks and go out and play in the dirt not everything has to be an organized activity and certainly everything doesn't have to be screen time or, or internet based you're a, you're a part of healthy harrison we mentioned that uh, kelly 
uh, have programs that we've run, have some of the things we've done over the last few years that we've been in existence, uh, have they done enough to sell the distinct benefits that can result from better exercise and better eating habits? Uh, have we done enough? The easy answer to that is no. We've, we've never done enough because there's still a problem out yeah. there. So until the problems abate it, the, the, the obvious answer is we've not done enough. If we made done some programs that have been impactful, absolutely. The one I'm most intimately involved with and aware of is the workplace healthy or workplace wellness program. We made significant long-term impact on people. And I still bump into some of those people in the community that are maintaining their weight loss, that are maintaining a healthier lifestyle, that have much better cholesterol levels, that have much better sugar levels. When we first put the program together, I was very skeptical. Yes. I spent 30 years in medical career, and I've spent 20 of those years trying to put together uh, workplace wellness programs. And they're difficult. And generally, you throw some money at it for a while. It's a failure and you walk away from it. This was the first program I've ever seen that longitudinally was showing that it could make progress. Unfortunately, COVID came along and sort of derailed yeah. a lot of what we're doing. But I think Healthy Harrison clearly has a mission, clearly has a purpose and can make long-term impactful changes. I know we agree, we feel the same. Go ahead. No, I just I wanted to hear more about the um, your foundation, the children's charity. Yeah. yeah, this is our 21st year of existence, and in those 21 years, this little mom and pop community organization has raised two million dollars that stay within Harrison County, and it is absolutely a testament wow. to Harrison County. It is Harrison County taking care of Harrison County. It, it's local people paying forward, taking care of those local kids in need. Uh, Kelly, have what do you think about selling the monetary benefits of living a healthier lifestyle? I mean, you you pay uh, less they, for doctor bills, you pay less for well, insurance. Is anybody uh, buying that story? It, it's oh, it's coming. Well, it's Blue Cross Blue Shield now has enough information about you and your biometrics, your waist size, your BMI, your cholesterol, your sugar. Just like people who have more car wrecks and have more speeding tickets pay more for auto insurance, we are morphing toward and changing toward you're going to pay more for health insurance if you have an unhealthy lifestyle. Now, unfortunately, part of that is genetics. You can't pick your mom and dad. And if you inherit bad genes, that you're more likely to have a heart attack, you're more likely to have a stroke, you're more likely to have diabetes you're going to pay a, an, e an economic price for that. Kelly, it, it costs some amount of money to bring about effective change and Healthy Harrison has had great sponsors. I, I, I mentioned those a moment ago. Uh, are there others in the community that could be ponying up, you know, maybe not even with money, maybe with resources or are there other folks out there that could be helping you? You said it's all about the but community about, and people helping people. I think Healthy Harrison has a nice base and a nice start. And I think as we prove the product and prove that we can make impactful, measurable, long-term changes, I think 
it will come. I, I think we now have a start. We have a footing. We need to prove that what we're doing is sustainable, is impactful, is measurable. And I, I think the community will jump on board. Could, Kelly, could this even be extended to uh, the, the, the faith community, the churches oh, well, in so, our community? You mentioned the spiritual component absolutely. of what we did in workplace wellness. A big part of the success of the healthy workplace was the spiritual piece, the, the coaching piece, the, the mentoring piece. I think that is huge and missed by many wellness programs. I think that was a huge part of our success. And, and clearly we could take that workplace wellness program into a church community, into a neighborhood, into a school, into whatever. Mm. Absolutely. People are people, communities are communities. And, and they're Venn diagrams. They all overlap and interlap. Go ahead, Amy. I think I jumped in on you there. No, no, that's all right. I, I'm just going to ask the, the standard question that we've asked each week now on the podcast. About the pandemic, whether you feel that it's had a positive or negative effect on personal health. Right, we get different answers, of pros, cons, but what's your take? Horrible effect on Physically, it's affected people. I've seen more bad cholesterol, more bad sugars in the last year, year and a half than I have in my entire career. More importantly, I think it's going to pick up long term the psychological and social impact that isolation has had on people. Anxiety is through the roof, depression is through the roof. You saw that drug overdoses were up again, suicide is up again. It, it's been people are social, people need people, people need to be around people, and this has been very harmful. Uh, I also fear what the long-term downstream effects are going to be for school-age children who have now missed a year, year and a half of school. And at least half of what you get is socialization. Learning the multiplication tables is huge. Learning how to communicate and write is huge. But it's also learning how to get along in the world, how to socialize and interact with people is huge. And these kids have lost educationally, psychologically, socially, every which way. I, I think the long-term effects from that are frightening. Yeah, it is, it's, it's really scary. So um, I wanna make a change. I'm 10, I'm 16, I'm 66. What are the, what are the next steps? Different for each, I'm sure, category, but. Yeah, different obviously what you're trying to accomplish, but part of the cure is wanting to be cured and realizing there's an issue you wanna take on combating that issue, finding the resources or the mentor to take that issue on, and committing long-term. And again, Americans like instant success and don't typically buy into long-term. A little bit of, little bit of pain here for long-term gain. It's, it's a tough sell. Has the anti-vaccination issue crossed over into just about everything we tackle these days? In other words, are, are people going to resent being told that, boy, you need to make a change because you're going to face some long-term health issues? Yeah, I just, I, I think it's a very divisive world right now. I think yeah. social media has been awful for the world. It's so easy to namelessly and facelessly and cowardly bash away yeah 
hit and stick. You don't sign the paper. Your your picture's not there. You're under some meme, and you can just be horrible, inhumane to people. Uh, yeah, it, it's made it a very divisive world. People are confused. I, I understand that COVID's a very fluid situation. I understand that medical recommendations change, if not daily, hourly sometimes. People don't know where to go for information right now. People are confused. People, people are scared. People are isolated and people now are fatigued with it. You know, we saw a great rush to vaccines in West Virginia. We led the nation for a long, long time. Now all of a sudden we have more vaccines. We have people willing to take right. It, it's you, be a um, situation. Yeah. You mentioned, um, the tools that are available out there or people are searching for tools and you also held up your, uh, <laughs> your electronic device uh, a little earlier. Um, those rarely leave our person. So could that be a good tool? Uh, can the oh, yeah. smartphones it, you know be it, our coach? Can they inspire us? Have you found things online that, uh, that work? It's like any other tool. It's a two-edged sword. Used correctly, it's a great tool. Used incorrectly, can be very dangerous. Um, Give me an example of incorrectly. Professional time answering questions. People have been, the the worst thing you can hear walking into exam room wearing your stethoscope is, hey, doc, I Googled X and I have some questions. Not what you want to hear. Answering questions, and you want, I want it. It's a two way street. Yeah. I want patients informed. I want patients to challenge and ask questions, but you got to pour it through a filter. You got to pour it through a filter of education and experience. Everything on the internet ain't true. There's a lot of bad information on the internet. There's a lot of good information on the internet, but you have to be able to filter it out and find what are the best resources. Can apps on smartphones be useful? Good God, yes. As little as, as, as wearing a watch or a Fitbit and tracking your steps. There you go. That encourages a lot of people to park further at the mall so I can get in another couple hundred steps here because by God, I'm going to get in my 10,000 steps today. Now, there's some bad apps out there. Yeah, so you got to, again, you got to pour it through a filter. You're a, uh, you're a Bridgeport resident at least i believe you are aren't you i know your practice has been in Bridgeport. what what about the new uh, indoor athletic facility is uh, that got I, great potential i just think it's a phenomenal thing for all of harrison county that we're going to have that sort of facility in our backyard i think it not only is going to be a potential big driver for health i think that has a potential to be an economic driver for people coming to our community staying in hotels, buying gasoline, buying food. I, I think it's a, a visionary, great move by the city of Bridgeport. Let me, uh, let me throw one, uh, one more at you here because uh, we're just about out of time. And uh, it's, it's a little bit off the track, but it came to me last night and I thought I'm going to ask Kelly if uh, he's ever, ever heard of this. Have you ever heard of someone or a group conducting a health intervention? Do you think something like that could work? So interventions are tough things. Generally, you think of an intervention, you think of a drug addict. And yeah, that's what you, you think most of, right. Those are, those are tough things. And you have to not only <clears throat> have the intervention, you got to have the treatment plan 
that you got confidence in and that you know that works and there's resources. So yeah, interventions used correctly and, and with the, the backup help can be great things. Dr. Kelly Nelson, boy, we thank you sharing time with us. And of course, thank you for what you've been doing to help Healthy Harrison as a part of our organization. You know what? I'm blessed to be in a position to do it. And uh, uh, 30-something years ago, I got two life sentences in one day. I got married and became a West Virginian. And I'm, I'm happy about both. Good deal. Well, we hope- Very much appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, we you have a great week. We, we hope that jointly we can uh, keep making a, a difference here. We want to thank uh, everybody for joining us today for our Healthy Harrison podcast. It's our goal to change your state of mind and ultimately change the state of health here in Harrison County and throughout all of West Virginia. If you want more help right now, visit healthyharrison.org or you can visit Healthy Harrison on Facebook. You'll find lots of support there. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsors, WVU Medicine, uh, United Ho Hospital Center, West Virginia University, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and uh, Interaction Media. Again, you can learn more on the Healthy Harrison Facebook page or go to healthyharrison.org. On behalf of uh, our friends, uh, our board members with Healthy, Har Healthy Harrison, uh, Amy and I would like to again thank Dr. Kelly Nelson for joining us. We also want to thank the uh, interaction media crew. They're our producers each and every week, and they helped us again today. So, uh, Kelly Nelson, thanks again. Take care. Thanks, keep up the Keep up the effort, and uh, we'll see everyone uh, next week with another great guest, and uh, we hope they'll help inspire you to live life better by living life healthy. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>